Hi, I'm your host, Michael Gilbo, here to let you know about a new and innovative theater major, the BA in Theater and Business Arts at the University of Providence. Get the education and experience you need as a theater artist and the business acumen to succeed in your career. Visit broadwaybullet.com and stay tuned to the end of the program for more info. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back for Act 2 of Broadway Bullet, Volume 136. I'm your host, Michael Gilbo, and we got some great stuff in this act for you. We've got exclusive performances and interviews from the off-Broadway show Flanagan Wake and Scott Allen touting his brand new solo CD release featuring Oodles of Stars. Uh, that's Dreaming Wide Awake. And we have also got an interview with the creators of the experimental and interesting new performance of No Dice off-Broadway. So, uh... Stay around for that, and right now, we're going to hit the news. Top of the trades. Broadway is still dimming their neons as the stagehand strike moves into its second week. Stagehands and producers were set to meet this week in hopes of having the theaters open again by November 25th. But talks fell short as Local One and the producers could not come to an agreement. In an attempt to work around the strike, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, one of Broadway's holiday hits, will not be opening as speculated. Theater owners pulled the plug on the special contract that would allow Grinch to open while other shows remain dark. Insiders say the strike could go on until September. What will this do for Broadway revenue? How will the city itself be affected? I hope the producers win this one. <laughs> Original Jersey Boys star John Lloyd Young takes his final bow in the Tony Award winning production about the life and times of the Four Seasons and their group leader Frankie Valley. John Lloyd Young, who won the Tony for Best Actor for his performance, uh, it seems may actually not even get to take his final bow with the strike. Well, what waits for the Tony Award-winning actor? He's in rehearsals for an upcoming concert at Lincoln Center to be part of the Lincoln Center American Songbook Series. John Lloyd Young is also an active supporter of the Ellis Island Project to renovate it. Uh, he encourages donations over the holiday season. If you would like to donate, just visit weareellisisland.org. The stagehand strike claims another victim. The Little Mermaid, Disney Theatrical's newest Broadway incarnation, has pushed back its opening date indefinitely. The show went into previews on November 3rd and was scheduled to open on December 6th, but with the strike shutting down 27 Broadway theaters, it is unclear as to when Ariel will be given her voice back for her Broadway premiere. Also, Broadway World Radio, which has been a very, uh, shall we say, irregular in the past, will be working and running well because Broadway World has hired none other than yours truly uh, to start and run the new incarnation of Broadway World Radio. I promise you it's going to be up and running and in fantastic shape by December 1st with a lot of exciting programming, little clips from uh, Broadway Bullet as well as the full show airing at times. And uh, I hope you guys all tune in for some great show tunes to stream right on your computer. Top of the Trades is brought to you by BroadwayWorld.com. Check out the website for all the latest in theater news and for theater community. On the boards. All right, the Broadway bullet budget is going through the roof, and so I decided to go to Ireland to do the show here. And um, what else is there to do when I'm in Ireland but take in an Irish wake? So uh, I did. I've run across these uh, great personalities, Fiona Finn and Brian Ballybunion. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing fine. I'm it's... so glad you could come to see Flanagan off to the great beyond. Yeah, I didn't know Flanagan, but uh, oh, you sure gotta catch you did. a wig. Everyone knew Flanagan. Oh, we all knew Flanagan. Oh, yes. He was Aye. a grand man. Aye, the so grandest man in town. Aye. The town of... of, 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 of of grappling. Uh, it's all right, Fiona. Grappling is lost without him. Just contain yourself. Oh, what am I going to do? It's all right, then we got to tell everybody about Flanagan. Oh, yes. Yes, Flanagan. Oh, he was such a grand man. Ah, he was a beautiful man. Oh, he could tell a story like you'd never heard before. Aye. Uh, and, and the man had a, an amazing ability for the drink. Aye. How many did. pints of Guinness did he drink that one time? Oh, well, every night he downed about uh, 24 or so before yeah. he got started, really. Yeah, that was just... That was in the afternoons. Yeah, but yeah. yeah right That's after right work, then. he'd go on to the pub with you, Brian. No, he did. 
And then you got into some mad adventures. Well, I just well, wanted to know why. Uh, do, do, you, do you remember that time you went down to the beach and, and you thought the seals would look better if they had little top hats and Oh, but they did. We gave them out fedoras. Oh, they, oh, they looked great. wonderful like, with the little cap on their yeah, little heads with their whiskers and the teeth. Uh, remember sewing your wounds shut after they bit oh, you. Oh, yeah. Didn't did, know they could bite I, you like that, did they? Aye, the salt water was killing too. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mike always brings you to Ireland. Well, besides seeing off Flanagan. You're Irish yourself. No, I am Norwegian. Uh, Norway, Ireland, what's the difference? You're all family. Religious battles are the difference. No, no, no. (laughs) Dublin was a Viking town now. No Irish live in Dublin. It was the Vikings that settled that town now. It's true. How's you still there? That's why they all look like you. So what do you need to know about Flanagan? What can I tell you? Well, I guess, uh, why are you waking him every night? Well, we're going to do it until we get it right. Aye, we must. Because he deserves it. He deserves it. The best man. Best man I ever knew. Most beautiful man, I I think. think (laughs) What I'm going to do without him. Oh, if I was a lady, I swear I'd marry him myself. Oh, I couldn't marry him, see. Because his mother. Aye. That old witch. She was a beautiful woman, Fiona. I suggest you not talk down to her. No, she. No. She, she said as long as she's alive, no Flanagan should marry a Finn. Aye, well. So we were left to be engaged for 30 years. Aye, 30 years. I am almost a widow, Michael. Almost a widow. Do you know what that would mean to me in Ireland? Aye. I don't know what almost a widow means here. (laughs) Oh, well, you see, she couldn't marry him. Now he's dead. So she was close, but no cigar. Oh, no. It's all right, then. I'm left with a stiff. Oh, aye. Well, it's better than him. When he was alive, I suppose, all no, the troubles I, he were telling us about. Yes, yes. Yeah, so you've been waking Flanagan since September. Well, he's starting to stink, Michael, to be totally <laughs> frank with you. But um, we think we owe it to him, to the family, to the county of Sligo, and the town of Grappling, to keep waking him, even as the bugs start going through his eye sockets. Oh. Uh, it's all right, Fiona, don't worry. <laughs> I just don't feel right. I don't, I don't feel right. We need to have a little singing. Declan, Declan, can you oh, play something on the I, piano? Declan, I bring up the mood for us, Declan. Could you play our song? Oh, oh there it is. Sing along with us, Sing it, Michael, you know it. Hush, now don't you cry. That's an Irish I loved that song. Oh, he did. That wasn't Flanagan's favourite song. Oh, it wasn't though, his was favourite song, no. no. Michael, I know what his favourite song was. What was his favourite song? I, you know, I swear he told me before uh, he fell ill that uh, he was really digging Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back. Oh, Sexy Back, that's the one. I know that one. I know the end. I know the Galway version of that. Oh, sexy it Back. Us. Sing it for us. Oh, man. I will. Right then. Flanagan and I were always dancing to the hip beats We'd sit at the pub and eat Mayor Martin's pig's feet They were delicious, they'd made me drip from a crack And I would say to Flanagan, you've got a sexy back And I would say to Flanagan, you've got a sexy back I would say to Flanagan, you've got a sexy back We'd go to Mary Sheila's house to get to know her better I'd take off me trousers, I'd take off me sweater Wait, no, that's not how the song goes No, I'm... I'm I sure it does. No, I think... I was on the phone I'm... with Justin this morning and he told me these are the lyrics to the sexy backs. Oh, you know JT, do you? Aye, we do. I danced in his last video. Oh, I really? No, I, I, I don't even know who he is, to be totally honest. Oh, right no, I, I thought I've not. never actually I heard that town, song. I don't, I don't think it goes like that at all. No, no. probably not. No. I'm sorry for lying to you, Michael. I think I, I, I confused it's it. Terrible. But you know, but you know what, what, what is no lie? What's that? The terrible truth of how Flanagan died. Oh, God. Oh, it was so bizarre. Oh, it was strange. Freakish. Little bit. The way he died. I mean, it was... There's... I, I can't even I say can't it even... Myself. No, it's a little Michael, bit too soon. Michael, Michael do you please. remember how he died, Flanagan? 
Well, didn't he was chasing after the pot of the gold from the leprechauns, and the pot crashed oh, on his head? Oh, that's what he oh, the, was doing. The pot of gold hey. killed him. That's right. Oh, oh that was terrible. Oh, that was, was. You know, you know. I always told him, you follow your dreams, Flanagan. Okay. No matter what that dream is, you follow it. You follow the rainbow to the end, and you find your pot of gold. Just take me with you for crying out loud, and forget your mammy for once. Forget your mammy. Aye, Fiona, should I tell the story about how Flanagan came to an unusual end looking for that pot of gold? Oh, do, do, Brian. I do. think Michael should know, and I think y'all should know. Aye. You see, it was only a few nights ago that Flanagan and I were, were sitting in the pub with a Guinness in our hand, and I said to Flanagan, I said, Flanagan, I, I think you need to get to know your mother better. She's getting so old and so decrepit, she can barely even open her eyes anymore. And I said, Flanagan, you need to just spend more time with her before she goes. And he said, Brian, I think you're right. I think I need to forge a new relationship with me, mother. So, so we went back, back to Flanagan's shed, and mother sitting there in her chair, smiling, eating the cockroaches that are crawling on the floorboards because, well, we don't feed her anymore because we're a little bit... We're between opportunities, I tell Flanagan. Uh, we're both looking for jobs and we're both out there. We're working as hard as we can, but we can't find anything. It's a small town, few opportunities. But anyway, so we go and see Mother and she's looking beautiful and she's smiling at us. And I told Flanagan, I said, all right, Flanagan. I said, you know, where's, where can you begin? Tell her that you love her. And he looks at Mother and Mother smiles at him and he says, Mother, I love you. And she says, oh, Flanagan. Well, I don't really know what she was saying. You can barely understand her, the old bat. She can't even speak really anymore. No. So I said, all right, Flanagan, you need to do some, maybe do a favor for Mother. Maybe you should, you need to give her her medication. Just go upstairs and go get her medication for her because she can barely get up the stairs anymore with her wheelchair. She just crawls up on her forearms. It's kind of hard to watch. So he went up the stairs to go get her medication. And he comes back down. And Mother has in her hand a little bowl with some porridge in it, and she's making the porridge for Flanagan. And she says, <laughs> and which means in mother's language, put in the cinnamon and put in some sugar. And I said, oh, Flanagan, don't worry. Flanagan, just go wash your hands. We've been walking around all day. I'll put it in for you. So he goes off, and I just open up the box of sugar. And I didn't know, but mother stores her drugs inside of all the little pieces of, you know, the condiments, she has all of her medication in the mayonnaise and in the sugar bowls and such, and I was totally oblivious to this. So I start throwing in the sugar and the cinnamon, and I think it is, but it's actually prednisone and Prozac and a few others. And I said, Flanagan, he comes back downstairs. I said, all right, the porridge is on. Have yourself a bite. So he smiles and he takes a bite. And he says, right, I, I feel a little bit queasy. I said, oh, Flanagan, I think it's just mother's cooking, you know. Sometimes she throws a little bit of the crickets and the cockroaches. Don't worry. Just keep eating it and don't insult her. She's your mother. So he keeps eating the porridge. And he starts to get a little bit woozy. And he says, I'm feeling a little bit odd, Brian. You think maybe you could take a moment and just go outside? And I said, all right, Flanagan, sure, go outside. I'll meet you out there. We'll have a little, we'll have a drink. So I get myself some Guinness. And I walk out to meet Flanagan. And we're both standing out there having a good old chat. And he says, Brian... Did you ever think that maybe we could go across the meadow and see if we could talk to some of the animals? And I said, Flanagan, are you, are you a doctor? Do it. And no, you can't talk to the animals. All right, well, you know what? I'll, we'll go for a walk. Well, you know, walk it off. You don't feel so well. So we bid farewell to Mother and we go off to the meadows. And we see Barry the goat and he's just waiting there. And I said, oh, Barry, how you doing? And he said, eh. And I said, oh, Barry, it's good to see you. He said, eh. Oh, and Flanagan too. Hi, Barry. Eh. So we talk to Barry and we just keep walking. And it starts to rain. And it's raining and it's raining. And Flanagan says, oh, maybe I'll do myself a jig. So he starts dancing in the rain. I said, Flanagan, no, you got to stop dancing. You don't feel very well, remember? He says, no, Brian, I think I've got to dance. That's what I need to do. So he starts dancing and he dances and he keeps dancing all the way through the meadow. And the rain clears and a rainbow come. And Flanagan looks at the rainbow, a little bit dizzy-like. And he says, Brian, I think I see the gold. And I said, Flanagan, there's no pot of gold. The leprechauns don't exist. Neither do the banshees. It's all just mythical creatures of Ireland. You need to know your myths. You need to know the Irish folklore. And he says, no, Brian, Brian. I think I'm going to find me a pot of gold. So then he's off. And he starts running. And he just keeps running. And he's running towards the end of the rainbow. And he just goes and he's running as fast as he can. And I follow him. And I'm following him and I'm running after him. I said, Flanagan, you've got to slow down. You don't feel well. And he comes to the end. And we both stand still. And in front of us is Carmack the Leprechaun.
and Cormac's standing there, and he's looking at us. He says, Flanagan, you've come to get me pot of gold, haven't you? And Flanagan looks at Cormac, and he says, No, Cormac, I just wanted to talk to you. I thought maybe you could be a, a friend of mine. I didn't want your gold. I never wanted any of your gold. I, I just wanted to talk to you, you know. I've got my mother back home. Maybe you could come back and have a chat with her. She doesn't believe in you. She'd, she'd love to see you. He says, I think you wanted me gold, didn't you, Flanagan? And Cormac bends down, Matrix style. And he starts running at Flanagan with his arms in front of him like all jujitsu, right? And he comes up and he jumps in the air. He does three flips in a row and he starts coming down with the hands and they're going to jackhammer all over Flanagan's face. And Flanagan puts up an arm and he blocks it. And they start fighting and they're going. And Cormac runs after him and he gives him into a bear hug, right? And he's going and they're wrestling and they're rumbling down and tumbling down and they're going all over the meadow. And Cormac pulls out a dagger. And he slices at Flanagan, and Flanagan blocks it. And they're just fighting, and ten minutes pass, and they're both all bloodied up. And Cormac pulls out a stick of dynamite. And Flanagan says, oh, what are you going to do with that, Cormac? I don't want your gold, just leave me be. And Cormac runs after him. And like a Superman, he goes into a Superman pose, right? And he's flying towards Flanagan. And he stuffs the dynamite right in his mouth. And he lights it. And Flanagan's got the dynamite in his mouth. And he can't do anything. And then he blows up. He exploded. And that's how he died. Trying to steal Carmack's pot of gold. Oh, Brian. Oh, Why God. didn't you help him? <laughs> I mean, I was laughing like hell, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that's not how I'm going to remember my dear friend Flanagan. No, I... The way I'm going to remember Flanagan is... Is by the noise. Oh, the noise. I... Aye, well, that's the noise that Flanagan would make every night it was time for the pub to close. And that's how I'm going to remember him. Michael, will you help us remember him? Aye. Will you you do the noise with us? Aye, Michael, do the noise with us. Let me hear it. Let me hear it one more time for Flanagan. For Flanagan. (gasps) God, Flanagan, I miss you. I love you. I do too, Brian. I do too. Oh, Lord. Oh, you know what one of the sad things is? What's that, Fiona? He was not able to fulfill his dream. Oh, he wasn't. Michael, do you remember what his I, dream was? His dream, was? Flanagan's dream, Michael. Do you remember his dream? That he always wanted to... He always wanted to ride a bull, didn't he? Oh, That's he did. That was his dream, wasn't it? Yes. Fiona, do you know that song? How he... do you t- can you tell us a song for us? I think Just I tell have. us a story. I will, I will. Oh, bless you, Fiona. I will. Oh, we had such many good times together, me and my Flanagan... And I miss him so, but I'll continue my journey here on this earth. And I'll wait for him, wait for him in the afterlife. And until then, I'll I'll think very fondly of the fine days we spent together and he wrapped up in each other's arms. Oh, I remember him singing to me. Fiona, my darling, I don't mean to sound too dull. But it's always been a dream of mine to ride upon a bull. I would grab him by the horns and slide upon his back. Well, I think that I could hold on long if I just protect myself. Oh, Fiona. But I can't ride a bull Oh, don't you understand For it's really hard to hold on tight With the Guinness in each hand Oh, it's true, it's very true Oh, no If you marry me, my darling I would be right by your side Well, you could strap a saddle on my back and take me for a ride. Oh, Fiona, it's a little vulgar for the morning, isn't it? (laughs) If you wanted to ride a bull, well, you could have come see me. Why would you want to buy the bull when you could get the ride for free? It's all right, Fiona. 
Oh, I wish his coffin was here for me to hold. Oh, you're going to mount it again if it were here, Fiona. You've been doing it all week. I might. Aye. Well, that's all I've got now. That's all right. I love the man in the box. What can I say? I love the man in the box. It's the only way I like it. It's the only way I can have it now. <laughs> oh. Oh, Michael, you've come at a terrible time. Ah, you have, Michael. Oh, it's a sad and it's terrible time. It's a sad time. and terrible time. Oh, Michael. Well, but how I... many people have been joining you at the wake every night? Well, we have we have quite a lot of cousins from across the big pond come over, Aye. like yourself, and uh, of course we have uh, the good uh, the good mayor Martin O'Doul, who is our bartender and our mayor. Uh, it's a very small town, you know. Right. Uh, we have uh, our father. Aye, Damon Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Damon Fitzgerald. Aye, he's a dirty man, but he, he a knows... A terrible he gambling knows, problem. Aye, terrible, terrible, terrible gambling, gambling problem. problem. Um, we also have uh, your brother, Mickey Fenn. Oh, Mickey Fenn. Aye, Mickey. Aye, he's a wonderful writer, very Aye, talented young man. He tries. Man. The next James he's Joyce. He's the next I James think. Joyce. I think, I think, I think. Aye. I think he's a grand, grand man. Oh, and then um, there's always Mother, Mother Flanagan. Well, I don't beautiful know. old woman. No, no. Aye, she's got a, she's got a beautiful chest, if I might say so. <laughs> she's got a dark soul. Well, she's got a dark soul, but she's got a bright Can't smile. Can't understand a word that woman says. Well, no one understands. No, I do. You do? Sometimes. Oh. Hey. Well, I think you hear what you want to hear. Well, right. you know, there's something in it for me. I, mm-hmm. I have a wonderful plan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Flanagan, yeah. well, Flanagan has some land, and uh, I have some ideas for it, but... Um, what? Well, I do, I... You think you're going to be getting the land? Well, I might be getting the land. Who else is going to be getting the land? I mean, I was his best friend. I was his proprietor. I mean, I I, I knew what I'm doing. I mean, I, I can, I'd recognise the usefulness of the land, and I think that um, that if anybody were to get it, it would be me. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? What, what I'm telling you, Fiona, who else is going to get the land? The well, land? maybe I would get the land. Oh, you're going to get the land. Well, why not? I don't think I you will. I've been for 30 years. Well, you know what? We'll let the mayor decide when we see him tonight. All right, then. All right, then. All right. To hear some of your ideas, what you're no, going to do. No, I'm not going to tell you my ideas. Uh, fine, I won't you don't you get mine. to hear them. But you won't hear my ideas either. No, no, they're good though. They're good. Yeah, well, you're going to wish you mine are them. better. No, I'll tell you that much. Uh huh. Sure, I'm so sure. Skank. <gasps> you take that back, Brian Valley Bunny. I did. What did I you say? Go, I said I smell a that. skunk. Oh yeah. I said I smell a skunk, Fiona. Declan, did you hear that? Nah, he's full of it. I said You're I want. Going to have I said I want a kosher frank. Fiona. Oh, yeah. Aye. Right. right. Right then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, um, we have a lot of kosher franks here in Sligo. Oh, did you not? You missed the hot dog eating contest that the mayor had last week, didn't you? Yes, I did. Aye, well. I won. Yeah. I'll save you the trouble. <laughs> I won. <laughs> I win at everything. Because I'm, I'm so the greatest. Sure. I bet my cook can beat you. I have an incredible chest, too. What? I've been working out. But I, I think what's important what? here about, about oh, sorry, Michael, I forgot about you in there. That's <laughs> uh, right then. Is can people drink while they come to the wake? Can you breathe the air in the morning? Do you wake up? I mean, for Christ's sake, Michael. Yes, of course you can drink. It's an Irish wake. For good lord, what a question! The first thing they do in the So where do I get a beer here? You get a beer at the, at the Soho Playhouse. Yeah, I'll set up an IV from me veins. You can drink some Guinness out of that. Yeah, yeah sure. No, See, I'm a little confused here. I'm looking at a flyer for this I, wake that I came, and we're here in Ireland, but right. the address is at 15 Van Damme in New York. Well, it's like a wormhole. I've never heard is. one of those things. Do you ever, enter the enter the. Did you ever see Being John Malkovich? Yes. Aye, it's like it's one of those little like trap that. doors you just walk through the and then walking. you're right into Ireland. Boom! Like Aye. that. You're, we've you're set sucked up. into Sligo. Aye, it's true. We talked to the warlords and the banshees before the wake and they said that they could set up a partal for us. Mm, so that's what we've got there. Aye, so, so that's that. So it's, it's real convenient. That's why most of the people who come to the wake come from across the pond because they Aye. just step into that portal there. Aye, but we are down at the, the 50, uh, 15 old Van Damme Street. Old Van Damme Street. Aye, old Vanny. That's over by Aye, 6th Avenue, right? That's right, 6th yeah. Avenue. 6th Avenue. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, for those who know how to use the internet, they can go to www.sohoplayhouse.com. Or www.flanagan'swake.com. That's right. We're very modern here Aye, in have. Ireland now. You heard oh, of the really? Celtic Tiger. I am the webmaster. Yes, yes. We have a wonderful website. You can also see me dancing uh, a la Chippendale style on the website. I put that on this morning. I have you no, take that off I now. have no shirt on, ladies. I'm talking no to Father shirt. Fitzgerald about this now. Oh, talk to Father. He's there joining me. He's dancing with the sunglasses <gasps> in the background. I don't believe. Oh, it. believe it, Fiona. Jeez, oh, what is going on? 
Yeah, what is well, going on in this town? It's called, aye, it's called uh, Tuesday. Or what day is it today, anyway? I get a little confused with the jet lag. It's Friday. What's that? Friday. Friday. Oh, it's Friday. That's it's all right. Then I've been mourning them forever, it seems. Tuesdays or Wednesdays or Thursday, it's all morning. I can't for believe me. you're having hot dogs on Friday, for right. real. One thing I noticed that was interesting on this website for the ongoing wake for Flanagan is yes, that Michael. you're already letting other people hold wakes for Flanagan. Right, we've had well, we've had a wake for Flanagan for the last thirteen years in Chicago. Uh, he's starting to stink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after thirteen years, you know. Oh, actually, we haven't even looked in the coffin. I don't even know if he's still there. He may have disintegrated by this point. I would hope. I I like to think of him as as released from his body from the moment he died, and he's just up there in heaven now. Whoa. So wherever wherever they're having a wake, they could have the spirit of Flanagan. <laughs> and if there's other mournful organizations out there anywhere, they can have a wake for Flanagan. They if they're willing to give donations, absolutely, absolutely. Albeit Guinness or cold hard cash. This. Yes. I don't mind. Brian but has please been make them out to Brian Ballybunion LLP. <laughs> All right. Well, Fiona Finn and Brian Ballybunion, I thank you so much for coming down. Uh, and yeah, stop the morning to you, Michael. Yeah, Michael Stepping down so from the body for a minute to chat with... Uh, so nice to have you here during this terrible it's time. It's all right, Fiona. Don't That's start. family nearby. It's all right. All right, Fiona. Like Hold it together, would you, woman? <laughs> and and the piano player, Declan. Who I, Declan. Apparently Declan. doesn't speak. All no. Decky. No, Decky's <laughs> a mute. Mute, yes. But... He, well, he can speak. We just never want to hear his voice. He sounds like a little girl. It's a little embarrassing for everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. God thank bless. You. Listening room. Recording an album is a long endeavor for any songwriter or performer. Add a half a dozen to a dozen song, different singers into the equation. I'm sure it's takes a lot of organization. Scott Allen has just released his new CD, Dreaming Wide Awake. He's also getting ready for a grand gala release party performance. And here to talk about it, we have... Uh, <laughs> we do have Scott Allen, and we have Jesse Vargas, who arranged the whole CD. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Excellent. And musically directed. Let's throw that in there, too, for fun. And play the piano. And play the piano. And sh- uh, yeah. yeah, and you brought in a couple friends to perform with you today. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we had uh, Danny Calvert and Katie Thompson here to perform "Kiss the Air" and "Say Goodbye" from the CD. Well, they didn't just perform; they're going to perform in the middle of the interview. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's right. They they're going to perform in a little while. So, what was the process uh, yeah. like getting this getting the CD together? Money. That was the process. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, I've been in New York for about four years now, and. Um, I just, I thought it was about time that I got some of the music out there. I mean, I've been very fortunate, I guess. I don't want to sound egotistical. This is going to sound egotistical. I guess I've been fortunate enough that a lot of people have had the opportunity to hear my music and have requested uh, ways to download it or have it on their iPods. And um, because of that, um, I went about raising money to put a CD of my material together. So... uh, <laughs> and then he asked me to do it. And then I and then I asked Jesse to. Uh, Jesse and I have known each other for almost as long as I've been in New York City. I don't know. You've only been here for four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did Bear go up? That was two thousand four. This we're almost in eight. So I've known you for about three years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you're right around that time. So. So where'd you come here from, Scott? Is this interview already boring people? <laughs> <laughs> What you say? They're like he's Long Island. He came, he came from here. He came here from Long Island. Jesse, he's a Long Island Jew. I'm a Long Island Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I came from Oyster Bay Cove, better known as Sayasa, right next door. So that's where most people know it. And soap dish the movie. Sayasa, oh, yeah. Long Island. Yeah, exactly. They, the gays throw that in for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Oh, we're not allowed to say that. Who's gay? <laughs> <laughs> I came from Long Island, from uh, Sayasa, Long Island. So now. You also do a, a monthly event pretty regularly here in New York. Yeah, I've well. been running it now. Uh, funny that we're we're going on our third year now. No, fourth year. We're going on our fourth year. Two thousand five. No, fourth yeah. year. Two thousand five. I just we're going onto our fourth year. Oh. Into our fourth year. Jesse was actually funny enough. Year. Yeah, Jesse was the f- uh, musical director for that originally, and then he got so busy. Sorry, <laughs> um, sorry, but. Um, 
We started it. Uh, it's called Monday Night's New Voices. I uh, produced it over at the Duplex, and it's an opportunity for new voices to team up with established composers and established Broadway stars and have the opportunity to feel as if they're being heard. Um, so it's uh, one of the greatest opportunities for me as a just someone in the industry to, to actually watch people uh, blossom and stuff. I love it. Now, how do you rope people into that event? Uh, well, you mean the composers? Or yeah. The, yeah. He stalks the, the more them. I stalk people. them. I stalk everyone. Yes. Um, you know, I, I lucked out, actually. You know, once you build up names, it's so much easier to get more names. So uh, the first one that we did was with uh, Michael John Lacusa. Um, oh, yeah. And he came up and... Uh, it was actually really sweet because Nikki Renee Daniels, who was one of our five um, uh, new voices that evening, uh, was celebrating her birthday that night. And so Michael John came and brought her a cupcake with a candle. Do you remember that? No. No. And they sang Way Back from Paradise? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But, and now she's no longer a new voice. And now none of them are because Zakia Young is now going to Little Mermaid. Uh, Jenna Lee Green obviously is in Wicked. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Deitch was in Wicked. Sarah Schmidt is in Jersey Boys. The only yeah. one is Lauren Thomas, but she's dating Jared Emick, so that sort of works there itself you go. out, right? It's yeah. The same thing as a show. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a brilliant, so she's going to be a star soon, anyway. So, so now, is, now is putting together this event, but it's hard. Yes, it's hard. That's not uh, having contacting the composers is. Is you know when when they agree to it, it's fantastic. But it's a hard process to do. It takes up a lot of my time, and we do it for no money at all. I mean, usually I owe money at the end of the night because I always pay for all the guests. Uh, they always drink on my tab, and you know. But it's I stopped it for one month, and when I walked away from it, I missed it tremendously. So I just felt like I felt like it's very important for this industry to have people that are supporting people that are struggling and sort of need that push. And um, if if I have that opportunity to do something about it, then why not? Now, you have quite a string of names on your CD. A few. You want to you <laughs> say a few of the people that are on it? Uh, well, we have uh, Eden Espinoza singing incredibly high notes like she does best. Uh, <laughs> and she came off of a red eye. Yeah, she literally the, flew in. She literally the, flew the in for the afternoon, sang the song, and then got back on the plane. Um, Shana Steele, who I've been obsessed with since I saw her perform at the Fez Cafe with Gavin Creel, like in 2002, like when she was still in Hairspray. I was obsessed with her, and I've, I've continued to brilliant. follow her amazing career and her voice and everything about her. She's amazing. And then we have uh, Michael McElroy, who did the vocal arrangement for the from, song that from she's From Broadway Inspirational Voices, yeah, who's uh, a brilliant, brilliant guy. They came in. Uh, it was Kapathia Jenkins, Shayna, and Michael McElroy, and we really wish that we would have videotaped that day. I know. It was incredible. <laughs> They're just brilliant, brilliant They're Brilliant. It was amazing. And, and they were right on. It was incredible. Yeah. A riot to work with. Yeah. This Calloway, I mean, who that, I that grew musical up. theater. Yeah, yeah she is... Amazing. Amazing. Stephanie J. Block, who everyone knows either from Wicked or The Pirate Queen or Liza Minnelli and Boy From Oz, who... And this podcast. She was on here before. And on this podcast. (laughs) She Uh, is just her powerhouse voice. She's just incredible to watch saying. Shoshana Bean, who we adore and love. Who Scott is obsessed with. I'm obsessed with. It's, it's, that's the thing. Like, it's so funny. I was reading an interview with uh, Sutton Foster today in HX Magazine. And uh, she was saying how still to this day, she's, she's like, I'm obsessed with Patti LuPone. And I would just want to sit down with her and like have coffee. I'm obsessed with most of these people on the CD. So to be in like... I, I don't see myself in, you know, any type of regard. I just I see myself as a fan, and to have them on the CD, especially when Liz Calloway came and said that she would do the CD, it was the little eighteen-year-old gay boy who, you know, was obsessed with her CD and played it over and over and listening to her version of Metal Arc, you know, nonstop. So it's yeah, it was pretty. It was amazing. a pleasure to work with all of them. Yeah. They were just really and even like the newer people great. that we had the opportunity, like Jill Zaday, who sings a duet with Josh Strickland on the CD called "The Journey," and Katie Thompson, who you're about to hear sing uh, "Say Goodbye," and Danny Calvert, who sings "Kiss the Air," who some people know from Alter Boys, um, John Groff, John, Jonathan Groff from Spring Awakenings, uh, Cheyenne Jackson. From uh, Xanadu, all shook Adrian up. Lennox, Adrian Tony Lennox, Lennox winner. Uh, Tony Warwick. I think that's everybody. Yeah. Did we see everyone? <laughs> We're missing we someone, everybody. you know, and someone's going to yell at us for this. No? They'll get over it. Okay. <laughs> You'll find out in your email inbox. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, that we did. Jackie Hoffman from Xanadu oh, and, and Carly Gibson. Carly Gibson. Yeah, from yes. Hairspray. Who was an amazing Tracy on the, on the Hairspray First National yeah. Tour. I saw and she's her. now in Crybaby. She cry blew baby. my mind. Yeah, yeah she's in Crybaby. Yeah. 
Well, why don't we uh, do a performance here? Absolutely. Awesome. In- invite, uh, who, who do you want to go first? Uh, why don't we have uh, Katie Thompson come up and sing Say Goodbye for us? Come on, Katie. Come on. All right. I met Scott Allen through a friend, Ben Cameron of Wicked, because I went to high school with Ben, uh, because um, I wanted to do uh, New Voices with Scott. And that's how I met Scott Allen and never turned back since keeps asking me to do stuff and I keep saying okay okay no not not really it's really like Katie this Broadway star can't do this would you do this for me yes yes I will finally ask me <laughs> okay yeah we should sing I am seeing my life in a way I have not awake through your eyes I see all I forgot you created a home filled with love and respect I abused it at times made it hard to of my life there's been proof of regret and the things I can't change I don't want to forget but say goodbye to the girl who was scared to let go my blues are yearning to see life outside the unknown I am destined to prove I'm ready to fly show me how to say Settle for less Always fought hard to prove That I'd be the best I closed down my heart Love could not come inside That's the moment I felt The old me start to die A career on the rise No one else to protect I started shedding my skin Till there was none of me left But say farewell to that girl Who's forgotten her pride Say hello to the girl Who is rising inside She won't hold back my life can't sit here and repent Show me how to say goodbye There was a light within me But then it started fading I lost to someone I had always dreamed I'd be I need to stop pretending That I can't change my ending You never let my spirit die this way Tell me who walks away When life's just beginning Where did you record the CD? Was it all at one studio or did you do it? Well, uh, we actually recorded it at a place called Track 9 Studios. Our uh, amazingly patient and talented engineer, Paul Vasquez, <clears throat> excuse me, who I met um, doing another project that I'm not going to talk about right now a long time ago. But uh, he had a, a really great uh, personal studio um, down in Tribeca and I had remembered working with him and I got some information to get in contact with him and spoke to him about the CD and, and you know, it seemed like it was going to work out amazingly and it was, amazing. it was great. He it was put a amazing. lot of work. He did the work of, like, basically a, a co-producer and and an engineer and he mixed it and yeah. mastered it. I mean, things that six people do, you know. And sang background vocals on Surrender yeah. and Cheyenne Jackson, yeah. So, he like, did he did the work of, like, six people on, yeah. a, on a major album, so he was he, he did great work. It was great to have him. The whole process was amazing. I mean, it really... I, you learned so much. So much. I mean, I started off very timid and then I started voicing myself a little bit more. That's when it became problematic. But <laughs> the studio is a whole different thing. I mean, it's not like live music and you just hear every little thing, especially Scott hears every little thing. You could blink and if there's too much wind in your eyelash, Scott will hear it. Um, but, you know, you do. Your ear has to be developed to a different sound and, and even live performers who haven't really recorded in the studio a lot, they have to learn also how to sing and how to phrase differently in the studio. Um, to watch their like big breaths and and their like spit in their mouth, it's it's a whole thing, and it's so it's, it's a huge learning experience. Yeah. Do you have a a particular story from recording that you find particularly amusing or anecdotal or? I don't know. Hmm. Really? Well, a huge uh, 
Is this going to make me look bad? Because you're giving me that look right I now. Think, well, I, I got to say, like, it's so funny because, you know, overall, we I, we worked really well together. We, I mean, I kind of really tore apart and, and re-put together. Does that make sense? No, it didn't. Put back together. Um, I gave, you know, I gave Jesse all my, the, the full liberty to go. The reason, that, especially, that I want him to be doing uh, all interviews with me is because even though it says my name on the title, it's still my CD and Jesse's CD. As much as it shows off my my compositions and my lyrics, it shows off as, you know, what Jesse can do, which is incredible things. I mean, his orchestrations and arrangements um, and even how he musically directed the, the CD is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it gets him an opportunity to put himself out there as well. So, But now he's going to say mean things about No, me, no, so no. Don't. Thank you for your yeah. compliments. Yeah, here um, we go. So, no, but, like, you know, it's you're able to kind of do so much and um, take a bunch of songs which may not have all sounded the way they wound up sounding. Sometimes it went from a ballad to a full rock up tempo. Tracy Tom's song yeah. was literally, you know, almost entirely theater, yeah. written well, as a musical theater like mid tempo ballad kind of song. And I took it home, and in 24 hours came in with what you hear on the yeah. CD. So, but then there was home. We didn't say Tracy Tom's. Tracy I Tom's think. amazing, right? So Look. then there was home, which for some reason oh, was took a lot. was the only time that we really butt heads because. Uh, it kept changing as far as like Scott wanted something very special about the song, but the articulation of it was up for grabs for a long time, and, and home can kind of drop into this power ballady kind of feel. Well, let it put it this way: uh, at the very beginning of my career, um, I just as much as I consider Jesse as a part of the CD, I re- the the three people that I also considered very much was Cheyenne. Stephanie and Shoshana because they've been there since like day one with me so I I I don't know why I just it was so with everyone else I wanted them to love the track obviously but it was so important to me that they were immersed within the track and I wanted Shoshana just to be so overjoyed with you know putting this together same thing goes with Cheyenne's track and same thing goes with Stephanie's track so um I loved what Jesse had done with Surrender and with Never Never Land, but there was definitely a point where I had sent Shoshana a little bit of the track, and we both weren't a little weren't happy with it, so we just kept on reworking it. Yeah. So and and it was. I mean, I think it it ended up being beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And you it's know, simple. It's a, it's the it's the example of how like you know, um, you have to try new things in the studio, and you just have to try. It's trial and error. Although trial and error costs money. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's trial and error. And like I would mock up things, and I would say, "No, I don't like this. Keep that." And then I'd go and try it again. And then we'd have to just do it live and strip it down and put it back together. That was probably the hardest thing was finding home and ho- where it sat musically. Yeah. But it did come together beautifully. Yeah, so. I think so. And she I have some gray hairs because of it, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> it's I already fine. have gray hair. Right here. So it's perfect. Gray hair. Right here. Good. All right, well, why don't we do another performance here? All right, so great. Let's have, uh, let's have Danny sing Kiss the Air. Danny Calvert. He yeah. takes deep breaths. Hi, my name is Danny Calvert. I was first introduced to Scott Allen's music about a year ago when he asked me to sing this song in a concert, and I fell in love with it immediately. So when he asked me to record on the album, I, was, I felt very honored, and I'm going to sing Kiss the Air for you. If I stayed with you, I would live a life for you deserve a love this heart cannot provide so I'll wish you well and be on my way Not the one who could give you what you need So I'll bid you farewell, but don't you dare watch me leave I didn't mean to hurt you this way But I'm not what you need, so I guess I'll just be on my way One day you'll wake up And thank me for what I did When you're living your happy life Behind your white fence New husband and kids Mm -hmm. 
like a captured bird who yearns to sail the sky. I will unlock your cage now, so prepare to fly, and I'll kiss the air and hope it finds you well. I'll bid you farewell, but don't you dare watch me leave. I didn't mean to hurt you this way, but I'm not what you need, so I guess I'll just be on my way. One day you'll wake up and thank me for what I did. When you're living your happy life behind your white fence, new husband and kid. Oh, 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 I didn't mean to hurt you this way, but I'm not what you. So I guess I'll just be on my way. One day you'll wake up and thank me for what I did. When you're living your happy life behind your white fence, new husband and kids. So I'll kiss. The air and hope it finds you well. Goodbye. Now you've got a big release concert benefit kind of thing coming up soon, I tell you. Benefit. Good, and, and, uh, be, no, it's not a benefit. It's, a, it's a, the CD release. <laughs> it's a benefit for Scott. It's the benefit for actually no, it's a benefit <laughs> for, for all of us. For all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a CD release uh, party, basically, the at Birdland, um, and we're really excited about it. It's going to be on January seventh at seven thirty, um, and I think the the biggest situation will be just stripping down all of the songs. Just because we we definitely, I mean, Jesse will tell you the the full package of orchestrations on the CD, but uh, <laughs> you know, stripping it down because it, you know, it'll be about. I mean, it'll be about the music and the arrangements, not about the production. Obviously, right. I, I mean, the amount of the things you can do in a studio are endless. Overdubbing and adding synth padding and effects. Um, you know, it's be- also good because it allows you to see that the songs stand on their own without the full orchestrations as well, which sure. I think is always important. So. Absolutely. So we'll have we'll have a band, yeah. and it'll be fun, and everyone will sing live. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get as many people as we can from the CD. Yeah, I, th- I think only like one or two people won't won't be able to join us because Shana Steele will be out. Um, She's in Vegas, right? We'll be in Vegas, yeah, doing uh, the Bette Midler concert. So, so it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, the CD is called Dreaming Wide Awake. And uh, I'm sure they can find a link at it from your website. Yeah, they can go on my website. It, it directly links you to either cdbaby.com slash Scott Allen, or uh, you can get it on iTunes as well. And it's actually available uh, on a lot of those music internet. Yeah, our things. MySpace pages. Yeah, there's links yeah, to it and yeah, everything. So, yeah. All right. And uh, again, and it's January 7th for the concert if people are here in New York. And, and wanna... CD is out now. Catch everybody. The CD is available now. And I thank you so much, uh, Scott and Jesse, for coming on down and talking about the CD. Thank you. Thank you. Great performers with you. Thank you so much. On the boards. With a New York theater company named the Nature Theater of Oklahoma, what do you expect but something slightly different from the mainstream? That's what we've got with the new play, No Dice, presented by the Nature Theater of Oklahoma. And with us, we have the directors, Kelly Copper and... Pavlo Liska? Pavlo Liska. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. Good. Great. Now, uh, I understand this No Dice is a, a little bit of a different theatrical fair, uh, kind of combining 
documentary with theater, I guess, maybe is one of the best ways to... Yeah, we hope that it's different than than the usual. Um, the the text for the play is composed from uh, telephone conversations, recorded telephone conversations that we've made with our company members and their family members and their, and our friends. Is Anna Nicole Smith one of them? No, she's no. not. No. <laughs> Paris Hilton? No. Oh, then why should we be interested? <laughs> because the people that we talk to are much more interesting than those people. Really? Yes. Nobody's more interesting than Paris Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the audience judge. <laughs> so what, what kind of prompted this whole thing, and, and what was the whole process of, of bringing this all together? Well, we, we wanted to... Um, our last piece, Poetics of Ballet Brute, was uh, our, our first piece together as a company with this configuration of people. And um, we had all never danced or choreographed before, and so we enjoyed the difficulty involved in making making something from scratch that we didn't know how to make. And uh, the next task was to try to figure out a way to do that with language and speaking, which is you know something everyone knows how to do. And so we decided to make the text orally, you know, not to bring in a, a hard copy script, which is always so strange anyway. I mean, theater is a social. Um, social thing, and then to bring in this this piece of writing that's been made privately by one person, you know, alone in a garret or something, and bring it into a, a social realm is maybe even a little foreign. So we wanted to see if we could make it together as a group orally. Now, um, you've performed this all over, like other countries and other places, and yeah, we've perform- we performed it in uh, Philadelphia, Portland, Oregon, Rotterdam, Graz, Austria, Hamburg, uh, Germany, and, and we're going to, for two weeks right before we open at Soho Rep. We're going to uh, Kortrijk in Bre- Belgium and Munich in Germany. Despite all of this acclaim, all this these performances everywhere else, I understand you just, like, within the past day or two, finally locked down a theater. Yes. <laughs> you're in New York, you're home. Very lucky in New York, yeah. Because generally we ask for a found space. Uh, we, don't, we prefer not to do the show in a traditional theater uh, because um, going to a traditional theater, the audience has expectations of a, of a particular specific type of performance. So what we try to do is, is start from scratch so that the audience is going to a found space, a unique space, and does not come in with a preconceived idea of what the performance should be. So when they come into this new space, anything is possible and people should be ready for anything to be possible. It also parallels our experience of making the piece. I mean, you come into a room that's uh, a room for living or working or playing. It's not a room for theater. And the same thing with the language. I mean, it's it's language of daily life, and we make it into theater. So it's that it's that group effort of, of making a space that's not theater or making words that aren't theater into into theater. Well, so given that aesthetic, um, what was your rationale beside behind going to the Soho Rep, their playhouse? Rationale for for going with a more traditional theater space. We we didn't. Oh, we you didn't. didn't, is no. it? We didn't. Um, <laughs> We're not going to be performing the piece at Soho Rep. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Soho Rep has just found us an amazing uh, space. Oh, okay. So, okay. That, that's that. that's the whole, that's the whole idea is that we did not we we were we could have done the show in the in the usual Soho Rep space on Walker Street, but what Sarah Benson, the artistic director, and and us have been doing for the past two or three months, even longer probably, is looking for going to different real estate agents, to going to developers, asking for for, uh, an interesting, looking for an interesting found space that is not a theater, specifically not a theater. Looking for someone kind to donate that space or help, (laughs) help give us that space. (laughs) <laughs> yes, well, um, Dale Heller has just pointed out to me <laughs> the, the glaringly obvious thing on the sheet that I missed, which is it's at 66 White Street. Um, it's a former indoor playground. Yes. Now, yes. so is what you found. Yes, and it's one block between it's uh, between Walker Street and Franklin Street. On Franklin Street, the Soho Rep so offices found, are... found, because I yeah. haven't heard of the street. Yes, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think what, what Soho Rep, uh, the, what Sarah Benson w- did was just walk around the neighborhood and see, look at spaces that were empty. And she also, she happened to 
uh, walk by this space, and it happened to be a space that uh, the playground where Alexander Connolly's uh, daughter used to go to play, uh, which Alexander Connolly is the artistic, uh, is the executive director of Soho Rep. So it all kind of came together suddenly last week. <laughs> or this week, this and, week. And right now we're, we're there playing in the old playground. <laughs> so the, uh, do you actually, like, make use of the playground? Or, I mean, do you incorporate the, the elements that are there in the, in the found space? Or Yeah, we want to, I mean, it's a, it's a surprise how we use this space, <laughs> but we want to leave that as a surprise to the, for the audience. But, yes, what we, what we always do is, is find the most appropriate orientation for the audience, and then we just put a theatrical curtain around the space to frame the space where we perform. That's our main set item is just a, a big green velvet curtain. Well, that's where we travel around when we travel to Europe or anywhere else where we do it. We, we just travel with three duffel bags full of uh, green curtain that we it's a, that's a new concept. You give to all the backpackers over in Europe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, Don't mean, just you, backpack you, across Europe. Carry a green curtain and pay <laughs> your way with theater. Yes. <laughs> with with a mask of tragedy and comedy to make sure that people know that it's theater that we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you hang that up, and anything to the uh, you know upstage end of that becomes theater. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are the two of your backgrounds beyond beyond like this company and stuff with uh, theater and presentations? Actually, Kelly's background is from radio. Uh, yeah. her, her father was a radio DJ, so she's used to uh, uh, this I, context. Yeah. No, we, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, but my parents are mainly situated now in San Diego. Um, I was born in Slovakia, and I came to America when I was 18 by myself and uh, lived in Oklahoma for a year. And um, That's the name. That's the name, Nature Theater of Oklahoma. It's also from the Kafka novel. America, uh, the last chapter of that. Well, yes, I, I was going to say, yeah. How did you come across uh, Nature Company, Nature, uh, Theater. Nature Theater of Oklahoma yeah. in well, New York City <laughs> when you're from Slovakia? And, yeah. and I'm, I'm not, and Kelly, you said you're all from all over. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I, I, when I was growing up, Kafka was one of my favorite writers, Franz Kafka. And, He's a hoot. He's a hood, yeah. I, <laughs> depends Good on times. Your, yeah. So, and one of his novels, his first novel ends with a chapter called Nature Theater of Oklahoma. And um, this guy's looking for a job basically through the whole novel. And in the end, he gets a job with the Nature Theater of Oklahoma who hires everyone. Yeah. And uh, when I found out that I was going to Oklahoma, I thought that I would get involved with that theater when I got there. But then, of course, I didn't find it there when I got there. So. I think that's what all actors go through. They yes. for the company that's hiring everybody. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, and they, it's not, it doesn't exist. So now, thematically, this is, a, this is a lot of artists and actors and stuff whose interviews have been taped. What was, what was the specific process of compiling all of these phone calls? I, we mentioned it briefly, but I don't know if we, we got into the depth of the, of the breadth and what it took to assemble this. And I understand that originally this was maybe like an 11-hour production? Or, uh, originally or, we, or, had, we had about 100 hours of, of yeah. phone conversations that were recorded. And the process was just uh, pretty much me calling up uh, our friends in their jobs because we couldn't afford to pay people, so we wanted to find a way to pay people while making work. So, so it's I all would so corporately I sponsored. Yeah. So <laughs> I would, this isn't crank anchors. These weren't prank phone no. calls. No, no. <laughs> Every, everyone was aware that they're being taped, and we were. We decided to make this piece. We decided to tape our conversations and and then find out what what's in there. And initially, of course, in, in our culture of Oprah and Dr. Phil and all these talk shows where you try to get the most interesting and juicy facts out of people and, and almost bring out the worst in them. Make um, them cry. Make them cry. Um, that's how it so started. So what happens if the show fails utterly and loses all of its money and you find yourself destitute on the street? Are you going to cry from here? I won't. No, I won't. I will laugh <laughs> because, uh, in a, in a way, you, you, what we what we do, even consciously, is 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 create room for absolute failure. Um, the co the show's kind of the show exists in a kind of state of perpetual failure or on being on the edge of failure, and it's just the sheer effort of the actors 
you know, acting their hearts out that, that saves it, you know. Well, that's more refreshing than a lot of these reality shows that seem to thrive on being failure. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not, I don't think the show fails. No. But, 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 the, but the endeavor is yeah. al- always on the verge of failing, and we, all, and what we do is is keep propping it up and and revitalizing it and rejuvenating it. It's a, it's about a constant state of effort, you know, which is actually what life life is. It's just <laughs> well, like I haven't seen it yet because you haven't opened here, but you've done it all around, and I'm curious. I mean, this sounds very different, and I'm I'm kind of getting a picture, and I'm kind of not, and it, <laughs> it sounds very interesting. But I'm curious. Presentation-wise, when you talk to audience members, is is there a divide? Do some people get it and some people not, or do most people get it and enjoy it? What's kind of been your experience with uh, relating in, with the audience afterwards? In general, people relate to it because it's it's we talk about things that everybody always talks about all the time about uh, jobs, about uh, uh, trying to make something out of your life, and about disillusionment, about uh, making art. Uh, so there's there are universal themes. That's what's great about it is that it was composed collectively. It's not it doesn't involve my ego or any any particular one vision. It's it is a creation of a kind of community, and and so it deals with with a specific period in our lives between 2005 and 2007 when the phone calls were being made, and it and so it it touches on on things that are going on in in society. So. It's infinitely relatable, and and there's a lot of universal things. You know, there the conversations went beyond what I can personally, as an artist, envision because it was enhanced by what the other person was ta- wanted to talk about and and ended up talking about. All right. Um, so I understand that there's also some other projects on the horizon for the Nature Theater of Oklahoma. Yes, in January we are we are actually premiering our uh, dance piece. The the actually which was the first piece that we made together as a as a company called Poetics a Ballet Brut. We're uh, performing it at the Under the Radar Festival in the public theater between uh, January tenth and twenty eighth. Something like that. Something yeah. like the twenty first. There's ten performances. Yeah. It's it's ten performances, yeah. But the show's never officially premiered yet in New York, so even though And that show is hour and five minutes long and it, there is yeah. no talking in it. So you have two opposite extremes. A show that's very short and there is no talking and then a show that is very long and there's a lot of talking. And then there's Young Frankenstein, which is a lot of loud talking from what I understand. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I have to say, I, I'm intrigued. Like I said, I, just the name of your theater company alone, the Nature Theater of Oklahoma, I, I'm dying to find out how many people come there thinking they're going to get some, like, you know, <laughs> Pollyanna. I hope. That would be <laughs> Conservatory fun. experience on, on tour. But it sounds fascinating. No Dice, it's called. Um, it's uh, being presented by the Soho Rep. They can go to SohoRep.org or OKTheater.org. Yes. That's ours. I think tickets are at Smart Ticks, though. Yeah, I think Soho Rep has a link to the tickets. Yeah, and it's uh, at 66 White Street, former indoor playground, and uh, the show is running when? But, uh, s- December 6th through the 31st. All right, well, it sounds, sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff. So Kelly Copper and Pavel Liska, I thank you so much for coming down and, and talking about your production and wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Curtain Call. Broadway says goodbye to three of its veterans. Timothy F. Favel, seen in the 1990s revival of 1776 and State Fair, died suddenly of cardiac arrest at age 50. Karen Fraction, dancer in The Tap Dance Kid and OK, died of breast cancer at age 49. And Robert Goulet, star of Camelot on Broadway and many touring companies at age 73. You will all be missed, but never forgotten. Also, again, I'd like to wish well to Marty Cooper. Hopefully he'll be back for us next week to do On the Positive Side as he's recuperating from a, a leg injury. If you'd like to wish him well, just email him at broadwaymarty at aol.com. And I'd like to let everyone know that the next episode will be coming out on December 8th as we're doing the second and fourth Thursdays of the month. The next episode will be the season finale. And I will be taking the season break to, uh, like I said, ramp up production and, and get some 
fresh, innovative things going on with the video component of the show as well. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Gilbo, and I will see you on December 8th. Actually, the bar fade thing comes from my whole life. People just going Fulcher, Bogler. So it didn't take much, though, when he uh, proposed. I said yes. It's fun to know that those lines will stay in the show when other actors do it in the future. The hairs went up on the back of my neck. It was a thrilling moment. with the audience and explore them a little bit. So, a little more about our brand new theater and business arts major. I know what most theater programs are like, and I've talked to thousands of artists. All of this told me that a new style of theater major was needed. Theater majors can get a pretty good arts education just about anywhere, but most programs do very little to prepare actors, directors, playwrights, technicians, producers, etc. to manage their careers. When you go into the arts, you are your own business, and you need to manage that to strategically plan for your career to grow. If you've listened to many of these interviews, you know you need to be self-starters to create your own opportunities. I'm going to make sure you are ready for that world. You'll get a ton of opportunities as an undergraduate. Actors will act, even as freshmen. Designers will design shows right away. Playwrights will see their shows mounted. Directors will direct. Producers will handle shows from inception to execution. Outstanding guest artists will conduct workshops, and outstanding students will even work on this podcast and travel to New York with me for interview weeks. And if that isn't enough, we've got an amazing program that will pay all or part of your student loan payments, even private loans if you are earning less than $40,000 six months after graduation. That is an invaluable option that lets you pursue your passion in theater with less financial pressure. If interested, and I hope you are, go to broadwaybullet.com. I'd love to help you launch your career.